0: Welcome back to Novel Idea Podcast with Liz and Ithaya. Woo!
1: Really super duper quarantine edition because we're doing this over Zoom.
0: <laughs> it will eventually sound much better once I get my microphone to cooperate with me, but you know, we'll get there. So right now it's just computer audio. So bear with us, please. Yeah,
1: I mean, I think it doesn't, it doesn't matter. And you know, we're still gonna be laying some gems down. So it's all good.
0: So today we are breaking down *The Joy Luck Club* by Amy Tan, a New York Times
1: bestseller. I always felt like it was a book that I wouldn't like. It feels like some sort of like Oprah Book Club kind of thing, where I'm like, "Nah, I'd rather read Harry Potter." (laughs) I remember, so
0: how my interest was peaked in the for this book was I think it was in middle school. Seems a little
1: young to to be reading a book
0: like this. Well, no. So we didn't read the entire book. They would give us sections of the book. So how this book is broken down is it tells the story of four Chinese mothers and their journey to America and then stories by their four daughters as American Chinese women. But so each story kind of stands alone by itself. So we read um, one of the characters, Waverly. We read her story and then broke it down in class. But so we didn't we didn't read all the other crazy stuff that we're gonna get into. Yeah, we just did little little short stories and then kind of talked about what it meant and stuff. And I'm like, um, I'd like to know more. I'd like to read the rest of this book. How dare you hold back on me? So when did you end up reading it
1: like all the way through, or did you never really do it until just now?
0: No, I think I eventually read it in high school because I also watched the movie. My Ooh. mom read really the movie, so I did both and I got to compare and contrast.
1: Yeah, I, I thought about watching the movie, but I think the book's enough, I'm good.
0: <laughs> I think the movie is a pretty faithful adaptation. The biggest differences come from, so in the book, a lot of the stories have open endings, like they don't really have a finality to them. Yeah. But in the movie, they give them a lot more final ends.
1: I think that's what I was kind of feeling throughout the book, where you begin the book on this summer note, and then all throughout the book, it's like, okay, does anyone end up having a happy ending? Because it just seems like all of you guys are just miserable in your relationships, so...
0: I can touch on that, like as we go through the stories, I can touch on where it kind of strayed away from the book and kind of gave certain characters, which one was she? Um, I think it's Lena. Yeah, Lena St. Clair, Mm -hmm. her story. No, not Lena, Rose. Rose is like a weirdly happy ending in the movie, but yeah. in the book, she doesn't.
1: I felt kind of like a little empowered by her, her ending, I yes. guess, more so than the other ones. But what was your overall view of the book? Like, yay, nay, would you read it again? How do you feel about it?
0: Okay, so right off the bat, I adore this book. I think it is a really beautiful representation of mothers and daughters, but it also shows the kind of complicated nature of not really understanding each other and having two different ways to approach problems where you think you're right and your mom thinks she's right. And then it adds the second layer of having vastly different cultures kind of clashing of like mothers who want their daughters to be Americanized but they still want them to hang on to their Chinese culture. Yeah. Daughter, especially in this time, when did it take place? like when the daughters are older when does that take like the 90s right
1: i think so because they were all born in like the 40s or the 50s so they're like maybe 80s mid 80s because june is 36 and yeah. she was born in 51 i think it said in the book <laughs> so the daughters have this kind of
0: shame about being Chinese and they're trying to be almost too American and erase their Chinese heritage and their moms are trying to get them to understand that, like, yes, we came here to give you better opportunities, but we still want you to respect the culture and like what we went through to give you this life. And they're not, they're just like, oh, our crazy Chinese moms.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I think what's really apparent is that these two people, mother and daughter, could hear the same thing, but both of them understand it in completely different ways and that's was that waverly and her mom no just all of them they all oh, yeah. they all have that that issue where they're afraid to talk to their their mothers because somehow it gets twisted you know what i mean so yeah and i i get that i actually I'm gonna a little confession here i nope. read it all today i hadn't read it before today Okay. yeah <laughs> and it was because like i'd been going through some stuff and i'm just like i don't need to be triggered by something you know what i mean so it's reading it today emotional journey yeah i'm feeling very open and and raw right now i mean i would read it again but not soon yes yeah, it's, it's triggering for me
0: definitely a very emotional book like yeah not right being, off the bat
1: <laughs> yeah totally and i you know not being first gen even i've had issues with identity because of my ethnicity and people that I hung out with and then getting criticism from my parents about how I acted because I'm supposed to act a different way. So I can't imagine the pressure that these ladies were feeling like it just a a lot worse.
0: It it hit really close to home for you. Yeah. I, I think that's why I can get more, I guess, joy out of it is because I don't really connect with it on that level yeah but I can still appreciate the kind of struggle that they went through in the book so I'm looking at it more from like a third party observer where you kind of have more of like a first hand
1: yeah I forgot I think it was um oh it was Waverly when she was going to her mom's place to basically be like I'm gonna marry this guy and this is how it's gonna be and "da da 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 like basically like she had convinced herself that her mom was gonna say the worst possible things because that's what her mom has done in the past. And like her mom is like, why do you think of me this way? Why do you think that I'm constantly trying to like insult you? And I can't tell you how many times I've had that situation where I just don't wanna to talk to my dad because I'm like, this is what the conversation is gonna be. And I don't right. even give him a chance to prove me wrong. And then if he did prove me wrong, then I'm mad about that. You know what I mean? Cause it's like, well, you're not the person I thought you were, so. <laughs>
0: So we'll, we'll start off. Um, the book is a little bit scattered where it kind of starts and ends with a coherent storyline, but then in between it flips between the mother's stories and the daughter's stories, and it kind of does it in and out of order. But so the general book begins and ends with the story of su Yang Wu and her daughter Jing Mei Wu, or as she's kind of referenced by her American name, just June. And then, so you have Suyan Woon, her daughter June, you have Anne May and her daughter Rose, Lindo and her daughter Waverly, and then Ying Ying and her daughter Lena. And so when it starts, it starts with Suyan, and then it ends with Suyan's daughter kind of picking up her mother's story and finishing it. So that's the book ends. And it, uh, It starts off very just straight gut punch (laughs) where it opens three months after Suyan's death. And her daughter has been asked to replace her at their Mahjong table. And so she's kind of struggling with her identity of, I don't even really know my mother. How am I supposed to replace her at this table?
1: And then it's also basically her feeling that it's the same way that these other women feel about their daughters basically like what will be remembered of me if this woman's daughter doesn't know much of her so
0: it 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 starts with her mom's like the the story she was raised on of her mom's journey from china to america where her mother originally had two other babies but she was in the middle of a war-torn country. And as she was fleeing this war-torn country, she had to leave the babies behind. And so in the very beginning of the book, it's kind of inferred that these babies died, that she basically had to abandon her children on the side of the road because she just, she couldn't carry them. She had to physically carry them in a wheelbarrow. yeah. And eventually it just got too much and she abandoned them, but she never finished the story for her daughter. Yeah. So now June is struggling with this like, identity of my mother had this whole other life and this whole tragedy and I never respected it or even really asked her about it and took the time to appreciate what she was telling me
1: yeah and also how am I supposed to carry on you know her friends are just kind of like silently judging her like you know how are you gonna honor your mother it's just like more stress
0: it's like I am sad but I do love the the opening intro of when she goes to the mahjong party, and they're all sitting. They have like their minutes, and they're like, oh "All right, no! we're gonna put stock in this." Like, they they have they get together. and They do like, "Where where should we put our money this month? Like, what what should we pay towards the stock of what?"
1: And it's interesting because um, the, the first we we hear. Like the first mother story is Suyon's story and basically how she started the Joyla Club and from how she began it as like this is what's going to keep us happy in this war torn time we don't have much but let's just enjoy this thing once a week just so that like we don't drive ourselves crazy to now the Joyla Club is like we're sharing investments we're wealthy people <laughs> we're doing this for fun now you know. Yeah. We so, can lose
0: $3,000 in a game of Mahjong and yeah. it's not that big of a deal. <laughs> yeah, like we're not eating
1: crappy food, pretending like things aren't being blown up in the background.
0: Yeah, we're we're actually eating and our children are thriving. And even if we don't appreciate their attitudes towards us, you know. One
1: thing though that would stress me out is like the whole culture of kind of like slightly bragging about yourself while also shitting on someone else.
0: Like it's kind of like I, putting
1: someone down and talking yeah. yourself up, but you can't do it too blatantly. No, because like Linda was like, Oh, I went to visit my family and they were so appreciative of all the gifts that I got them and blah, 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 blah. And June is like thinking of her other auntie on May and how she had a completely different situation where right. she she got all of these clothes and candies and things for her family and like fifteen hundred bucks or something like that. She makes it to China and all of them are like we don't want this and then everybody and their mom had called stepbrothers stepsisters stepcousins and they had to put him up in like expensive hotels pay for all their food and on me ended up coming back like nine thousand dollars in debt yeah but like, basically like everybody had their
0: hand out and at the end of the trip she was the only one left with an empty hand yeah and that sucks it was so sad and then june is sitting there going I wonder if Lindo's saying that because she knows or if she yeah. doesn't know. Like, is she honestly saying this to be petty? But that's how a lot of the characters kind of interact, even amongst the daughters. Like, you really see it between Waverly, Waverly. and um, June, is Waverly is always, like, subtly putting down June in this, like, cutting way. Like, see, her and her mother
1: are so alike in the book. That's the thing, though. Lin- Lindo bread that you know what I mean like she made she made that that competition happen and it I don't know that kind of sucks
0: and that's what so I didn't want to do this necessarily in order sure. by each chapter because it does it jumps around oh, and yeah
1: we would flip around like <laughs> constantly
0: when you read the book it especially if you're reading it for the first time it's kind of hard to keep straight like who's who who's the mm-hmm. daughter of who yeah especially when like some of the daughters they're married so they have different last names
1: mm-hmm.
0: so I have to they have a little cheat sheet in the very beginning of the book and it breaks down like who's the mom who's the daughter
1: I definitely had to flip back a few times and be like okay what happened to Lynn again like what was her backstory yeah
0: so June she is the one who starts the book and ends the book. She's technically the main character, even though they each kind of get
1: relatively equal book time. Her, I think more. her she stuff, yeah, June's like whole story seems more current. It seems more linear. It seems like everybody yeah. else's is like, this is one yeah. thing that I wanted to talk about. It's not necessarily, you know, last year, future, whatever. It's just, this is a story.
0: Yeah. So after we kind of, meet her through the joy luck club kind of understand her mother's story her first story is um so her stories are the joy luck club where you introduce everybody two kinds best quality a pair of tickets so a pair of tickets is the very last story that's the very ending of the book another heart-wrenching story they're all very heart-wrenching
1: yeah they're all like how did these women manage to have like decent lives after such horrible hardships.
0: Yeah. So two kinds, it kind of sets up the competition between Waverly and June. So later in the book, you learn that Waverly was a chess prodigy. She was really smart and cunning. And she just, she's very cutthroat. So whatever she wants, she kind of gets by going after it. Where June has that personality. I think a lot of people can relate to where it's like, I'm not going to be the best. So why are you even making me
1: try? But it's also, the more someone wants something of you, the more you're going to like dig your heels in yeah. the dirt. Because it's just like, what are you getting out of this? It seems like you want it more than I do. So now I'm just going to be like, I'm going to double down and be a lazy bum.
0: Yeah. So her mom basically forces her to start taking piano lessons because she thinks her, daughter's, her daughter has this like hidden prodigy talent and she does another thing that i can actually relate to and i was like reading june's stories i was like ouch
1: yeah (laughs) like really i just felt so bad for her like the way that i grew up and how like anxious and depressed i was you would think my mom was constantly criticizing me like june's mom like basically like oh you know you're lazy you're never gonna do anything we need to we need to find what talent's gonna make you like successful what's gonna make you famous like that sucks to constantly try new things and then be told like, okay, well, I guess that's not it. Let's try something else.
0: Yeah, and then, so June reacts by, she she's not a natural prodigy, obviously. So she decides that she's gonna fake it. Her piano teacher is basically death. So she fakes moving her hands and she thinks she's getting one over on her parents, especially over her mom. She's like, ha ha ha, look at you. Until she has to go to a recital And guess what? She can't actually play the piano. Yeah. Yeah. Super embarrassing. And it's like, she thinks she's getting one over on her parents, but really she's just ruining her own chances. Like, and that comes back in her second story, Best Quality, when she's older and she kind of has this conversation with her mom where she's like, I don't understand. Like, I can't do anything. I don't know why you want this. And her mom's like, I've always believed in you. You just have never believed in yourself. And I was like, ouch, she came swinging.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think it's hard to kind of reconcile that, like from all the years of what she's experienced that her mom actually, at the end of the day, wants what's best for her. And I mean, <laughs> hearing that is like one thing, but how she showed it is not what she meant. You know what I mean? Like she's trying I to find something that she's good at. Else. Yeah, and it's kind of like, well, now you're just like, it's like you're trying to live vicariously through me. It's like you're in a competition with your mom. So why would I do this? It seems like it's for you. But in the end of the day, she just wanted her to be successful, which I mean, now she's never going to get the chance to be like, I get it, mom. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's the biggest kind of lesson through these stories where we hit on that in the beginning, where it's like this reconciliation between realizing that the mothers honestly do want what's best for their daughters they're just approaching it in a way that the daughters don't understand
1: also coming from their backgrounds where everything was like literally life and death it's kind of like i'm so desperate for you to not deal with a fraction of what i dealt with that i'm gonna like shove it down your throats that like this is what you need to do if this had happened to me i would have been a totally different person but it's like these are these are kids that were grown like born in the United States. You know what I mean? Like they don't have they don't have the drama. They don't have like the pressure of like feeling like they have to amount to something.
0: Yeah, and then so we jump to Ann May, which is another one of the aunties. So she's one of the mothers. Um, Ann May's story was probably one of the stronger, depressing ones because it's not really like it is her story, but it's her mother's story. Mm -hmm. So it's like the generation above her.
1: Yeah, also, um, I feel like Ying Ying's like husband, baby father, wasn't that Mei's mom's husband too? Because Ying Ying's husband left her and he was like constantly with like opera singers and stuff and whatever. It sounded like it was him.
0: No, because Ahnmay's mother's it wasn't her like yeah so on may her mother where she ended up with was a rich guy he wasn't moving around he was just a rich
1: dude Mm, okay i think it was different i don't know for some reason it sounded similar like oh it'd be so cool if it was like all kind of tied together like that it sounded like that was the case. i think so
0: i think they would have mentioned that they would have been like oh it turns out
1: yeah regardless it was really devastating (laughs)
0: So Anne May tells her story of how she was raised by her grandparents. She wasn't raised by her mother. Her father died and her mother was banished from the home. In her first story called Scar, you don't really get told why her mother was banished. You just know she's gone. Mm -hmm. And then Anne May's grandma ends up getting very sick. And that's when Anne-Mae's mother returns and everybody is still super cold to her. They're like, don't hug her. Don't show her love. You are not her daughter. She is a disgrace to the family. And then her mother actually cuts her skin off to make this soup that they make in Chinese culture that heals your dying parent. Yeah. Which actually we discussed in Stiff last yeah, podcast.
1: <laughs> that, yeah, that that part um on May was like that was when she finally like knew her mother. Like she like saw her for what she was. Like yeah. uh, she's trying to to help her mother. And it was really kind of hard because in the beginning of Anne May's story she's like what, 9 and it's yeah, basically sure. her parent her grandparents have been shoving down her throat how much of a piece of trash her mom is. And it's like, it's not even fair, I don't think, to do that yeah. to a child. Like she she has no other opinion but what her grandparents have shoved down her throats. And then she finds out that her mom wasn't as bad as they claimed her to be.
0: And then, so later in the book then, it jumps back to Anne May and you kind of get the rest of the story. And you find out that the mother after her husband died she befriended this woman and the woman invited her to her house and she was like oh come stay with me and my husband and you know we can feed you and he ends up um they end up tricking her into staying the night there and he rapes her but because She's now disgraced, you know, well, not it's only,
1: yeah, not only is she a widow, which means that like, you're going to have a hard time getting married anyway, but now yep. you're considered a prostitute because yes. you had sex Over. with someone you weren't married with. Yeah. So they put her in this really horrible position to basically not take any other situation other than what was being provided for her. And so she goes
0: back home and she kind of tries to explain the situation, but her family's like, nope, you're a whore, you're a prostitute, get out of my house. So she's forced to go and be a concubine for this man. I think she's the third wife. She's the fourth, the fourth, the fourth wife. So the second wife is the one who's manipulating everything. She's the one who befriended her. She has the first wife under her control. She feeds her opium to like keep her subdued. I don't remember what she does to the third wife. She so like- the,
1: the third wife, she got her to marry him because the second wife wasn't able to to bear any children. So she got the third wife to have children, but this chick only had daughters. And so then that's why she was trying to find a fourth wife so that he could try to have a son with this chick, which the fourth wife and May's mom ended up giving him a son.
0: And then the second wife claimed the son as his own. It was this whole horrible, depressing situation. So the mother comes back, And she basically tells Anne May, she's like, come with me, Anne May, you can come with me. We can live rich, we can be happy. So she goes with her mom. When they go to this rich house, at first, Anne May
1: is like, oh my God, this place is amazing. And I love how she's like, the chamber pots like flush themselves. It was like so cute.
0: And the second wife is like giving her jewelry and she's like, oh, aren't you precious? And she's like, I don't know why my mom thinks this is so bad, this is amazing. Of course she's little, like she's like nine years old. She doesn't understand. Mm-hmm. And so the mom takes the pearl necklace that the second wife gave her and crushes it and shows her that it's fake.
1: And then it's and basically like, like, wear it because apparently you could be bought that easily. Like, I want you to wear this and know that you need to be wary. Yeah. And so
0: someone finally tells Anne May like the-, the her, her
1: servant maid, Yang Chang, yeah. Cheng. yeah
0: tells her the full story. And she's like, no, this is what happened. And Ame is basically like, I wish they hadn't told me, like I'm too young to hear this. That is
1: not a story for a, for child. a child. Basically like she was hot gossiping about the other other, uh, other wives. And then she like, brought home another wife. Yeah, who was like literally like a few years older than Ame. a child. And so the, the second wife manipulated that too
0: where she kept telling the last wife, she was like, oh, you know, go home, show off, tell them how rich you are. And it reminded the husband over and over that he basically picked this chick because she was attractive, but Mm -hmm. she had nothing else to offer. She had no status. Yeah. And so the second wife was able to do this because back then, if you pretended to almost commit suicide it would basically get the guy under your heel. Because if you commit suicide, it curses him and you will forever haunt him.
1: No, it's the fact that if his wife were to die, she would haunt him as a ghost. I don't think it was necessarily suicide, but she had threatened suicide many times and pretended to commit suicide many times because he had that intense fear that he was going to be haunted. Yeah, so
0: that's how she was able to kind of keep him controlled is anytime someone something didn't go her way she'd be like oh I've almost committed an opium
1: overdose she's and like, I, really. she's like I need more money to visit my family oh my god I'm like dying oh my god and then he like increases her wages and stuff
0: yeah and so and May's mother finally just she loses it she can't deal with it anymore so she does commit suicide which horrible
1: so depressing so okay so I think I don't think May knew for sure. Did, do you think the second wife convinced her to do that? Or was her mom just like, I cannot deal with this. This is like the situation that's going to make this guy take care of my daughter and provide for her.
0: How I interpreted it was that, yes, she did it purposefully knowing that if she didn't do this, her daughter would eventually become under the thumb of the second wife and she would never be able to claim her own son yeah and i think also just how she was living was not i'm sure her mental state was horrible yeah so she she passes on and the husband basically like makes a shrine to her and he's like your children will be revered I will pretend that they were my first wife's children because I respect them so much. And then it was Anne May and she stepped on the fake pearls in front of the second wife. And she was like, and that's the day I learned to scream.
1: Yeah, and like her hair slowly started to turn white from that point because she knew that she couldn't fuck with me.
0: Yeah, and that now, Anne May could control the husband. basically a lot more than the second one ever would be able to
1: can you give me just one one second i just need to get take my dog outside because he's like whining just one second
0: okay that's what editing is for
1: yeah um but yeah
0: but so these stories were kind of told and especially the last one where it ties into her daughter's story rose's story and she says that it's her fault her daughter is so willing to take on other people's pain because she learned it from her mother and now she has it and she passed it on to her daughter yeah So a lot of it too is like you see through the mother stories that they all kind of bear this like small portion of guilt for passing on their negative qualities to their daughters
1: yeah
0: it's like oh i'm sad
1: (laughs) yeah and i mean like as much as the daughters feel guilty in some way for not being Chinese enough. The mothers are feeling just as guilty for not, I guess, pushing it more or yeah, you know letting them know those values. how important it is.
0: So then we go to Rose's story. So this is Anne May's daughter, her name is Rose. So Rose has two stories, half and half and without wood. Her stories were a lot more simple, but still kind of sad. Yeah,
1: I-, I mean, her first story. yeah I her husband seemed freaking annoying like no freaking way you know what I mean and yeah
0: so her first story is pretty straightforward but she kind of goes into why her mother so when her mother came to America she became Christian she took Mm. up Christianity because that's you know you come to America you're trying to blend in that's what she had to do and she honestly found faith in that and she kind of prayed to God and started doing going to church and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Until one day they all went to the beach together and Rose's littlest brother got swept out to sea and her mother would take her to go to the ocean every day and pray and look and it never worked. Her brother yeah. never came back.
1: Well, also she, so- she made a sacrifice to the ocean Um, of a sapphire ring that her mother had actually given to her to like make the gods like happy to like bring back her son and basically at that point they were just like all of this was for nothing
0: yeah i gave you everything i could and you still took my son from me yeah and so it kind of ends with like her mother losing that type of faith like she she had a little bible and all she wrote in the bible was her brother's name and then she uses it to like prop up a, was it a table or a chair yeah, or something? Yeah, it a table, yeah. yeah. And that's where she keeps her Bible because she was just so angry at God and the circumstances. And it's like, all right, so this is what we're talking about. Like each story is very well written. It's very touching, but they're all kind of really sad (laughs) i
1: mean i guess if you think about it like if i were to make anecdotes about my life of like the worst possible things it would sound like i had a really super sad life but i think these are just moments in time that were like point like a turning point for for everybody but yeah i i can't imagine what what that was like
0: so her adult story is called without wood and in summation she meets this guy who she falls in love with and she kind of just starts letting him make all the decisions for her like even simple things like oh what are we having for dinner whatever he wanted whatever he wanted to do let's do it he doesn't want me to do this I'm not gonna do it you want to go somewhere let's go whatever your choice is I'm down for it
1: well the precursor to this attitude was basically like they were dating she didn't really know they were dating they were just like hanging out whatever she goes to like some sort of picnic with his family his mom pulls him aside or pulls her aside and it's basically like well you know he's actually on the track to be like a doctor and um you know we really like ethnic people like we work with oriental people and black people and hispanic people but this is pretty much just not going to work out and rose is like that's cool because i had no intention on marrying your son anyway and so she talks to her boyfriend about this and he's like, how does she think that she can make a decision about our lives, la 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 la. And so the fact that he was so passionate about that, that kind of started the, the, um, the line of basically like, I'll refer to you or defer to yeah. you for decisions.
0: You made this sacrifice to marry me, even though your family didn't want you to. So obviously you adore me when really he made this choice almost specifically because it would piss off his parents.
1: It was in spite of that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It wasn't, oh, I just love you so much. I don't care. It was a, oh, they told me I couldn't. Well, I'm going to do it now.
1: Yeah, I just, yeah, it just didn't seem like from what she was describing. I'm like, okay, this is going to end poorly. And it does. And So
0: eventually he grows tired of her and is just like, I don't like that you're so wishy-washy and you don't make decisions and you just do whatever I tell you to and so we asked for a divorce and I think he starts seeing someone else doesn't he he's like seeing the secretary or something what's
1: really annoying is that he asks her to go to like a conference and he's like you know what never mind I'd rather go alone she's like I'll I'll go if you want me to he's like I you know what would you know what you wanted you never know what you want and she's like I don't really care if it's like not important. It's not a big deal. She's like, he's like, oh, you don't care about our marriage. Oh, I just want a divorce. And it's like, were you picking a fight just so that you could be like, well, this is why I want a divorce. Yeah.
0: Instead of sitting down and being like, hey, you know, I want this to be more of a partnership, you know, communication. Yeah. He just immediately blows up at her. And
1: I mean, I had an ex kind of like her remember the one that just was like, yes to everything. And what I did was I broke up with him because it's like, you can't even have your own opinions about what to eat. If I say that I want this, you want it too, even though you said you wanted something else. You know what I mean? So don't marry someone that's like that idiot.
0: Yeah. And so he asked for a divorce and she kind of puts off signing the divorce papers. And finally she kind of finds the strength within herself. And she's like, you know what? I do want something. I want this house. Cause that was his thing is he He came back one day and he was like okay here are the papers um i'll give you i'll give you time in the house so you can pack up your stuff you can find somewhere else to live and she was I already like, decided
1: what was gonna happen
0: and she's like nah dog and she was like oh he's because he's so used to getting his way and doing mm-hmm. whatever he wants and to be fair she allowed it you know like he didn't expect her to put up a fight but so the end of her story ends with her being like i want this house my lawyers will be in touch. Have a good day. <laughs>
1: well, also, before that, she he had called her and he was like, where the fuck are the papers you have in cash, the check that I gave you, blah, 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 blah. And she's like, you know, give me some time. He's like, well, I wish you'd hurry up because I kind of want to get married. And that's the point where she's like, oh, you were seeing someone else. So yeah, now, cheating on me. Yeah, right. now, now I'm on your timeline, apparently, because you want to get married again. Okay, fuck you. So this
0: is a pretty big departure in the movie. So in the movie, it kind of follows the same thing. It's a little bit more dramatic how she approaches it is that she ties it in more with her mother's story. So she uses her grandma, the one who ate the um, opiates to kill herself. That's how her grandma died, by the way, Anne Mae's mom, she ate too many opiates and she died. So in the movie she's kind of laying there and she's bringing up her ancestors and she's kind of like I am strong because I took the opiates I you know found the strength to move on from the death of my son and da 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 kind of embodying all her all the women in her family and then at the end of their story they actually get back together he learns that she has a voice and she stands up for herself and it kind of mends their relationship and they get back together that does not happen in the book <laughs> that's the end of her story she says she's going to take the house and then you don't really hear anything else so I assume I'm going to hope that she gets the house I'm going to assume that that's what happens in her yeah
1: life. I would uh, hope so I mean also she's like an established you know career woman too so that's what caused also kind of pissed me off it's like You know she didn't have the ego to be like i have to like have a say in everything but he i don't know ever since he had that malpractice situation he was basically like well you decide stuff now and that's when he decided to be pissed off about this thing
0: yeah one thing goes wrong in his career and he completely takes it out on her Mm -hmm. and it was very very sad so from there we're gonna jump to my favorite story in this whole book So we're jumping to Lindo Jong. Her first story, so she's one of the mothers. She is Waverly's mother. Waverly, we will get to. Very cutthroat. Her mother is too. And you kind of see where Waverly gets her mentality from, especially Mm -hmm. with this first story. So her first story is called The Red Candle. So Lindo, through circumstances, I won't get into the whole nitty gritty about it, but through circumstances, she's betrothed this basically a kid like they're both children
1: yeah she's two when she recalls this memory of like this matchmaker being like oh she has all this and this is why she's going to be a good daughter-in-law for you you know she's two yeah so
0: she matches with this wealthy boy from another family in her village and her family's home is destroyed so she has to move in with her soon-to-be husband a lot earlier than expected
1: yeah, basically her family goes somewhere else and they're like, okay, well, you're betrothed to this guy and like, you're old enough you're to, belong to him without now. us. Bye. Yeah, bye.
0: And so they do this wedding ceremony and one of the parts of the wedding ceremony is that you light this red candle and the red candle cannot go out. It has to stay. So they appoint someone through the night to watch the candle to make sure that the flame stays. And then in the morning, That's when they're like, the candle burned all night, the ancestors blessed this union, you guys can get
1: married. So the candle actually goes out. No, they had already gotten married. It was like after the wedding night that they had to be like, oh, well, the candle didn't go out. So this marriage is going to be successful. They had already gotten married. Well, the
0: candle, yeah, the candle blew out. But the person watching the candle lied and relit it and was like, oh yeah, no, no, it
1: it all went fine. It was fine, we're good. Yeah, and it would have been fine if Lindo hadn't snuck out and like saw it happen. So she's just like, okay, well now I need a plan to get the fuck out of here. So Lindo
0: is with her new husband. The mother-in-law at first is, you know, she's appreciative of Lindo because Lindo knows how to be a good wife. She knows how to cook. She knows how to oversee things. She treats her mother-in-law with respect, she treats her husband with respect. The problem comes from at night her husband who's still young, like how old is he? He's still young. I feel like they're
1: probably still like teenagers.
0: Yeah, they're still teens, so he does not want her to sleep with him. He yeah, he's not- like
1: on the on the on the wedding night he's like, "Yeah, you can sleep on the sofa. Here's a pillow and here's a blanket." By Yeah, don't touch me and so
0: it's this like tale of they almost get this sisterly brotherly bond they don't have you know sexual feelings for each other she doesn't want that he doesn't want that it's kind of hinted very slightly that he might be gay
1: yeah but it it's is. not his story so yeah
0: but so eventually the mother-in-law gets fed up and she's like, where's my grandbabies? Like my son tells me that he's putting so many seeds in you. He's lying to cover First his own all, ass. Which I
1: totally would have fought my, my case. I would have been like, have someone in here watching and see that this guy does not want to climb on top of me. Like, don't, th- and <laughs> also I like, want to do this. yeah, his mother or his, uh, her mother-in-law slaps her in the face and it's basically like, yeah. well, it has to be your, your fault. Like. Totally uncalled for, bitch.
0: So she confines her to the bed. She's like, obviously you're walking around too much. You're spilling the seeds. Like, takes, like
1: they're not making a baby. Yeah, it takes like pointy things from the room because, like, you know, we don't need dangerous. putting off, off her world. future generation. Yeah. Like just freaking crazy. She's like bedridden. She has to eat, drink this like disgusting medicine.
0: The matchmaker comes in and she's like, Oh, she's too even you need to take all the jewelry and metals off of her because that's keeping her balanced. If you take that off, she'll be unbalanced and then she'll be able to get pregnant. Obviously that doesn't work. So she takes to like staring out the window and she notices one of the serving girls, she might be a little knocked up. Yeah. Oopsies, which is not a good thing. So yeah. she comes up with a plan. So one night, She pretends to have this horrible dream. She wakes up, she's screaming, she's crying. The mother-in-law runs in and at first she's kind of like, what the hell is wrong with you? And she's like, I had a vision, it was horrible. She's basically like, your ancestors visited me. They said that our union is not blessed, that it's cursed, that your son is gonna die. So she knows that her husband has a mole on his back. So she lies to the mother-in-law and she's like, the came to the that he has black legions that are gonna eat his skin, and she's like. So she, the mother-in-law, rips off her son's shirt, and she sees the mole, and she's like, "Oh my god!" And she's like, and also, they said that my teeth are gonna start falling out. And so the mother-in-law looks in her mouth, and she had like a dead tooth in her mouth when she was four that had fallen out. She's like, ah. and she's like, also there's a serving girl here. They told me that she actually has imperial ancestry and that she's the one carrying your son's baby. And so they they bring the serving girl in and they're like, how dare you not tell us that you have imperial blood? And the serving girl's like, uh, yeah, sure, I do, totally. Okay, yeah, all right. <laughs> and she's like, well, marry my son and you're carrying his baby, so have his baby. Yeah. So they give Lindo money and papers to be able to go to America yeah so she came up with this clever ruse to get herself out of the situation and I love the story I love it it makes me laugh every time like the appreciation you are a cunning woman you are
1: cunning well what I liked was before she got married she was looking at herself in the mirror and she's basically like they can't take my thoughts away from me my thoughts are invisible but they still have strength like the wind you can't see the wind but you know the strength that the wind has so she promised herself that she wouldn't let them take that away from her and so basically she used her big brains to get out of the situation Was like you go girl you go i appreciate you
0: so that that definitely ties into her daughter you see you definitely see that intelligence come in her daughter but it also kind of has that, um, it's a double-edged sword where they're also kind of mean. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, no, her mom's insane. And I can't imagine a childhood where if you say one wrong thing to your mom and your mom's gonna like turn on you like that, like it's scary.
0: And so her second story is called Double Face and this one delves a lot more into her relationship with her daughter as she sees it.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And she talks about the two faces she has. She has her American face and her Chinese face. And so when she's kind of surrounded by a lot of Americans, especially when she's around her daughter, she pretends to kind of be this like ignorant Chinese woman being basically what she knows that Americans want to see in her they want to see her as this docile kind of confused creature just like oh she like, doesn't
1: know what we're saying so she's just gonna smile and nod like
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm. and so just see, give me one second again i'm sorry so instead of crying inside he's crying outside and it was still like noisy so wow. yeah. anyway sorry okay. um
0: so she kind of talks about how her daughter tells her story of coming to america she's like i don't understand why my daughter lies my daughter says i came by boat i didn't come by the boat i flew here yeah she was
1: like she's like yeah she came on a slow boat she's like no i came on a plane and it might have been a slow plane but it was a plane like why are you trying to like fantasize my story for what purpose
0: and she's like and she says that me and her father met by like locking eyes across a restaurant eating fortune cookies together she's like that's not true she basically like her daughter waverly tells these bastardized
1: stories of her mom's actual story yeah it's like she she wants to take the credit of being chinese by making her mother's story seem as stereotypical chinese as possible while also not Like appreciating the actual story she's just trying to root the benefits of like oh this is my mom's story and it's interesting like a like a tidbit yeah and so then she
0: kind of gives you a flashback onto how she came to America how she was kind of coached like I love that scene of her being coached like what to say when she got to America they were like don't say you want to have babies Like say you wanna come here, you're coming here for religion, you're coming so you can learn stuff so you can go back to China to teach them American ways. And she was like, oh, so basically learn to have two faces. And that's where she gets that idea. She's like, you have to learn to put on a face. But again, it draws back to all the thoughts are mine though. They don't know what my real thoughts are but I can be whoever they want me to be so I can survive. And I think that's Waverly has it but she doesn't understand that her mom has it
1: in spades. Oh yeah, like this is how I've survived my life. You can be cunning, like if you want to, but like I've convinced people that I'm less than what I am just so that I can, I can get to where I need to go.
0: Yeah. And um, so she, she tells the story of how she met her
1: husband and that was really cute. It was cute. And basically that's how she met on May too. No, yeah, Anne yeah, May, yeah. And the fortune cookie.
0: So she worked in a fortune cookie factory and they make fun of it. They're like, what are these stupid things? And they're like, Anne May's like, Americans think this is how we talk to each other. And she's like, this is ridiculous. You know
1: what's so funny? I was reading the fortunes and I'm like, okay. When she translates it into Chinese, I'm like, it sounds freaking stupid. It, it sounds so idiotic. Yeah, but let me fold this fortune cookie for these idiots that believe this shit. And so she
0: meets and may introduces her to the man who eventually becomes her husband, but he speaks Cantonese and she doesn't. So they're taking English classes together and she was like, this was the problem is that you can't really joke around and have fun when both of you are learning this language because it's like I see house. I see cat. You know, it's like very simplistic. Mm-hmm. And so she finds a fortune that says something like a house is not a home without a spouse inside. And she gives it to him. She's like, oh, I'm so full. You know, like I make these all day, eat this cookie. So he unfurls the fortune. and He's like, I don't know this word spouse. What is this? He's like, I'll look it up and I'll get back to you. So he looks it up and he comes to her the next day. And he's like, i want you to spouse me (laughs) and she's like that's not how you use the word but okay yeah so i i like that story i thought that was she probably out of everyone she probably has the best in like a cheerful sense stories yeah like
1: she went through some rough times but a lot of her friends went through much worse what i thought was sweet too was that she was talking about how you know they both don't understand each other but then she realized how much of a good actor her husband was because he would like do these crazy motions charades to to get her to understand what he was trying to say which is really cute
0: and he could be goofy about it you know they were kind of silly together and it was like that's so adorable yeah it is
1: really cute
0: i like that and um but so it kind of jumps back to her with her daughter. They're at the salon. Her daughter, Waverly, is trying to get her to get a haircut. She's talking to her mom really, like, loudly, like, she can't understand English, and her mom's, like,
1: speaking over (laughs) her, like, oh, this is what she wants. Isn't that right, Ma? And then her mom's, like, let me just smile and nod because this is what she wants me to do.
0: So Waverly kind of brings up, like, um, later in the book that She's afraid to go to China because what if they don't let her come back? What if Mm. they think she's Chinese? And her mom is like, no, they're going to know you're American. They know. And even Lindo says when she went back to China, even though she dressed Chinese, she dressed down, she didn't wear her American stuff, they still knew. They could tell that she was Americanized or at least foreign. Mm. And so they charged her like expensive Mm. foreign prices and she knew that. And so she kind of has this like a little bit of a crisis of we have our two faces of america and chinese but how much did we actually lose versus how much did we gain yeah
1: like was it worth it it's not it's not equal
0: and i'm sure that's like a really big thing when you immigrate to another country is wanting to hold on to your culture but then you have to give up some of it to blend in, but is it worth it to make those sacrifices? Yeah. So, and that's what Waverly and all the daughters seem to really struggle with that throughout the book of like, they have this heritage, but they only want it because it's trendy sometimes, but they don't want the non-trendy parts and their mothers are like, oh my God, I'm gonna beat you.
1: Yeah, like, do you think that I wanted to watch my mom die because she was so miserable? Do you think that I wanted that? Like you're Chinese, whether you want to be Chinese or not, your story is your story. You don't get to pick and choose what fun little thing you wanna tell everybody. Yeah, and so then we jump to Waverly
0: now, Waverly, I
1: don't like Waverly. She seems like a freaking bitch. It's She's like so you were a bitch as a kid and you're a bitch as an adult. And I'm surprised that you found someone that wants to be with you.
0: So her story is the one I read in middle school. So they go to this like charity Christmas thing at a church for, you know, like a all the raffle situation to our yeah. white Americans. Yeah. <laughs> and they get um, these kind of hand-me-down toys. And the mom is just like, throw them away. If they don't want it, we don't want it. But one of them is a chess set. And Waverly is like, no, no, no. Let's keep this because her brothers have it. And she wants to play. So eventually she starts playing. She takes it to a park. And this old man kind of teaches her the rules. And very soon she kind of surpasses that. She becomes like this chess prodigy. And she can see all the movements in her head and she has this like visualization and her mom is pushing her to be better but also like bragging about her a lot. So she carries around her like article in the time like she's in the times of like, oh, newest chess prodigy, you know, this 14 year old girl and so the mom is always going around, Lindo is always going around. She's like, oh, it's my daughter Waverly. She's a chess champion. She's so smart. So one day Waverly is just like, you didn't win mom, I won. I don't know why you were bragging like it's you. And she runs off. And then when she comes back home, her mom is just kind of like, I don't care anymore then. Fine, you don't want me to care? I'm not gonna care. And that's the, that's the contention you can feel between the mother daughter is Lindo kind of thinks that she's she's just bragging about her daughter like she's just proud of her but Waverly is like you are embarrassing me.
1: Well it's also kind of like this is something that she was doing for fun but then (laughs) her mom found a way to make it like miserable like constantly being over her shoulder when she's trying to learn new moves constantly being like oh why don't you end up with less pieces because less pieces is more and Waverly's like that's doesn't make any sense and so then her second competition she's left with less pieces and her mom's like see told you you get to the point faster then it's better and it's like you don't know what you're talking about you have no idea what you're talking about so I can I can understand that
0: like she's kind of trying to take credit for teaching Waverly this but she doesn't know what she's talking about and Waverly's like I know you don't know what you're talking about but to Waverly, it just felt like her mom was trying to take credit for how smart and amazing she was at this game.
1: Also knowing how Lindo and um, may not, not May, but Su-yan, um, kind of went back and forth about how talented their daughters were. It's yeah. kind of like, that also sucks that you made something that your daughter loved something into something that she she hates just so that you can continue to say how great your daughter is to your friend.
0: So she's the reason that Sooyoung kind of pushed June into the whole piano thing, and you see that through the little stories that June and Waverly have. Like the mothers have kind of that frenemy relationship, but the daughters definitely have more of that like sibling rivalry, where it's like I love you because our parents force us to love each other, but I hate you.
1: Yeah, there was a situation I guess after like a church service, their their moms were talking and Linda was like oh yeah she's like it's so hard to polish all her trophies like there's so many da, 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 da. <laughs> and then Sueyon's like oh wow we have even worse of a problem cuz like now like she like she can't do the dishes cuz she's like thinking about music so much that's how like passionate she is about the piano da, 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 da. and so then a little bit away waverly and june are like leaning on the wall and waverly's like you're not a genius like me and then yeah. June is like I wish that I could have pulled her pigtails and kicked her in the freaking stomach. <laughs> I wish. And so
0: you see like that type of bragging that does make me laugh where it's like oh they're such a burden cuz they're so smart like my daughter is just she's such a burden but she's better than your daughter. You're
1: like oh my god <laughs> like my wrists are so sore from the from dusting all these trophies. What a burden for me. Like My daughter doesn't do
0: her chores. All she wants to do is play piano because she's so smart. And it's yeah. like, oh my God. So it like, it bred this kind of like hating competition type of thing between the daughters. And then, so in Waverly's next story, this is another one. It was funny in the movie. It was funny in the book. I love this story too. This is another one of my favorites. Yeah. So Waverly was married, but her mom kind of had this way of like pointing things out, like pointing flaws out. And once Lindo pointed out the flaws in Waverly's So she had her first husband. She had a daughter. She kind of debated having the daughter, but she did. She had her daughter happy yay but then they got divorced and she always felt like her mom kind of held it against
1: her like oh you had a
0: failed marriage you're a failure even though her mother never did like her mother never really said anything about it
1: well it's the fact that like it's just little jabs here and there (laughs) like her first husband would like leave a big tip but like didn't spend a lot on his family or he'd want to wax his car but like not take his wife out on dates in that car just like little things like that where it's like It all boils down to he's kind of like not a great husband. And then you hear that enough, you start seeing what people are telling you to see. Yeah. And so Waverly is now
0: with this guy named Rich and he lives with her. And so she's trying to work up the courage to tell her mom that her and Rich are going to get married. So she keeps bringing him up. And every time she does, her mother kind of changes the subject. And she's like, oh my God, mom, stop. Her mom is not doing this out of you know a disinterest but her mom's logic just doesn't follow what her daughter's trying to do
1: yeah but also her whole life she has had this narrative in her mind that her mother's goal is to basically shit on what she's saying and turn (laughs) it around and like make her go crazy thinking like i can never tell you anything because you're gonna turn it around somehow and ruin it for me so she's already constantly regretting opening her mouth about anything So she invites her mother over to
0: her place because she's like, if she's over at my place, she's going to see all of Rich's stuff. She knows that he lives here. It'll be easier to bring it up and be like, oh, he lives here. We're going to get married. So the first thing that sets her off is that she shows her mom a mink coat
1: that Rich got her. Oh my God, right? And she's like, isn't this beautiful? Like, this is what everybody's getting for their girlfriends.
0: And her mom is immediately like, this is the cheapest fur. It's so short. No long hairs. It's no not good. And she's like,
1: and then uh, I knew you would do something. Yeah. And then Waverly looks at it and she's like, God damn it. It It is is a piece of shit.
0: (laughs) It's kind of a crappy coat. And like it might not be, but in her mind now, she hears her mother's voice when she looks at it. And so then my favorite scene comes. She brings Rich over for dinner. Okay. I will say this. This dinner scene is a disaster straight off the bat. Mm -hmm. Who does this? I don't care if you have cultural differences. Everything he did was straight
1: up rude. Yeah,
0: super freaking rude. So he brought some wine, which that's a pretty straightforward, her family didn't really like it because they don't really drink wine, that's fine. But then he has four glasses of wine When everybody else has, like, a taste. Yeah. So right off the bat, you look like an alcoholic. Yeah. And then, so, he can't use the chopsticks. He refuses to use a fork.
1: But also the fact that, like, no one else is using the chopsticks either. You know what Uh, I mean? It's uh, like, we all know that this is slippery. Why are you trying to do this? It's embarrassing.
0: So her mother brings out the main course. And... The mother says, so Lindo says, oh, it's too, like, it doesn't have any flavor. It's so gross. She says this because you're supposed to talk down on yourself and let everyone else compliment you. Yeah, like you put the standards low.
1: They're like, oh, what? You're so crazy. It tastes fine the way it is. Like, what? It's delicious. You're
0: an amazing cook. Rich decides to take soy sauce and dump it on top of the entire dish not his serving the entire dish who
1: does that my thing is so you never even tried it either you know what no. i mean and like right. this is on the heels of he took large helpings of the meal like ate rudely you know and then you just precursors, precursors all, yeah all the- the pre-course yeah where they had like shrimp
0: or something and instead of taking a polite spoonful he like took a whole heaping of it yeah and then the main course comes out he doesn't even taste it the mother says oh it's probably no seasoning it's not good instead of tasting it to see or even just seasoning his own plate he dumps soy sauce on the
1: whole Things. let me tell you that is some caucasian american audacity okay to think that okay. like i'm gonna solve this problem for everybody no one freaking asked you rich you know what i mean like who do you think you are i would have looked at him like he was a freaking alien like you need to get out of my house because clearly you have no fucking manners
0: but that's also the
1: thing is like i don't even think that's a caucasian thing
0: i'm caucasian i would never even think think of doing something like that he gave gingers a bad name he's a ginger i'm hmm. a ginger ginger's a bad name that's okay, something so an embarrassment.
1: That to our we always knew growing up because like when you're a kid you want to stick ketchup on everything right and so like right. after a while me and my brother are like oh ketchup you need ketchup right now my dad's like how do you know you haven't even tried it's it heard. you don't yeah. know if you need it and so that's when it kind of like you can't say that you need something and you've never even tried it it's rude you're basically shitting on the person that made this meal
0: Yeah, like try it first. And even then, like take a polite amount of soy sauce. This is the first time you're meeting her family. I was just, and then at the end of everything, he gets their names wrong. He calls Uh her Linda, and her dad is named Tin, and he calls him Tim. Yeah. Not an N. And she's like, and even then, you're not supposed to call them by their first names. And then they get in the car, and he's like, that yeah, went pretty well, don't you think? And it's like, like, oh my God, no.
1: I will say though, she kind of set him up for failure because I'm I the feel like, away. yeah, you definitely should have said like, you really need to be on your best behavior. And even if you didn't like the food, do you know how many times I've ate food that I didn't like because I was trying to be polite? I would never be like, fuck this shit, bye. You know what I mean? I would never do that.
0: No, that's why I hate going to people's houses for dinner. I don't do it because I'm a picky eater. I'll just avoid it. Kay? Yeah. We're not even gonna, we're not gonna do it. And so that story cracks me up because I'm just, in the movie too, it was hilarious because he literally just like dumps the soy sauce on the food and he's like, oh, yum, yum, yum. And everybody at the table is just like,
1: you've ruined it for freaking everybody, bro. Are you out of your mind? Also, like, you were going to tell your mom you're going to marry this guy. Like, that's embarrassing. Another thing, he comes back and he's like, oh, so did
0: you tell your mom? And she's like, oh, it never came up. And he's like, how hard could it be? And she was like, once again, I now see all of your flaws and I hate you for them. Mm -hmm. They do end up marrying each other. They do end up together. And he kind of, he smooths things over. I think they kind of mend it they don't go into detail on how they mend it it doesn't really come up again but by the end of the book you know that it's been at least semi
1: fixed also Wave <laughs> really ends up talking to her mom and um she's about to like go over there and like rip her mom a new one and be like you know like i'm gonna marry this guy and i don't care whatever you say da-da-da-da-da. and then her mom's <laughs> like yeah like i knew you were I gonna know. marry him like you're living with him and she's not like, stupid. "Well, what what do you have to say about him? Like, what 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 else do you need to say about him?" And she's like, "What are you expecting? Like, why do you think the worst of me? Like, what what's the point here?" And that kind of knocks
0: Waverly into, "Oh, I've been looking at things all wrong this entire time. Is my mom was only pointing things out because she wanted what was best for me, not because she was trying to tear me down."
1: You know what's crazy? you let yourself think things about people for so long that it is impossible for you to realize that their agenda isn't what you thought it was. I can't tell right. you how many times I've had to like replay situations in my mind with my parents and I'm just like, okay, from a third party of uh, like a, you know, third party objective view, it wasn't as crazy as I thought it was in my mind, and then you've wasted all this time manifesting this anger about this thing that wasn't even a big deal, and you can't yeah. get that time back. You can't get that that poison out of yourself that you thought ill of of this person.
0: Yeah. So, I think definitely Waverly and her mom are like the two most secondary characters. Like their their stories have, um almost as much of an impact as June's and her mom's stories because the the other women they feel even though they get their own screen time you know book time however you want to call it the stories don't impact the main story as much no but that that's why like Waverly's story and Lindo's story just (laughs) they crack me up It's it's so funny And I feel so bad because it's just like huge misunderstanding between mother and daughter, but they're also both kind of cutthroat, like Mm -hmm. they have that intelligence. And then that comes back later. um, Oh,
1: God. When they do the New uh, Year's at Suyuan's.
0: Yeah, yeah, that was in uh, best quality. Yeah, we're going to come back to that. But um, so then we we finish it up with um, Yingying St. Clair and her daughter, Lena St. Clair. Yingying's first story is she's out on a boat with her family. What were they celebrating again? They were celebrating
1: like the like moon lady, but I forgot what the celebration was. It was some sort of festival. Yeah, they were on a boat for the festival. Yingying
0: ends up falling into the lake or the river that they were on. They're on a river. She falls into the lake, she washes up, someone rescues her, but now she can't find her family. She's lost. And so she's kind of running away. She's trying to escape. And then she sees the moon lady and it's like a performance and the moon lady is singing her song. And she was like, I need to get to the moon lady to make a wish, I need to wish to find my family. So she gets to the moon lady, she makes this wish and she realizes the moon lady is a guy
1: yeah he's like starting to take off his like stage makeup and he's like she's like okay that's you're not gonna grant my wish you're a dude that's
0: disappointing <laughs> eventually like her family does find her she's fine towards the end but
1: that was just a. it was a pretty straightforward story it was kind of what just happened yeah it was <laughs> like girl so confused yeah yeah she's like she's like four at the time and she was getting into all these shenanigans and she fell out of the boat, and. It was just pure kind of innocence kind of story
0: but so her second story is when you see what happens to her life and you see the depression that she holds within herself so she kind of grew up and became this kind of I do what I want you know free spirit and that's what the first story kind of set up was that she had this free spirit. She was gonna go out and do what she wanted to do. She wasn't gonna sit still and be this perfect little lady. Mm-hmm. So she ends up marrying this guy who's just as wild as she is, and they're kind of passionate together.
1: Well, in the in the in that story. Like it was like her her aunt's wedding or whatever, and this guy's like, oh, like hey, like are you still hungry? <laughs> uh, you gonna like? I got
0: watermelon. I'm gonna eat it in front of you. Yeah,
1: and then the whole That's point true. of of that story was basically how yin was able to predict things before they happened and so with that encounter as a 16 year old she's like this guy is gonna end up being my husband and then lo and behold like weeks later she's hearing his name in conversation he's she's seeing him more like around like her house and stuff and then they end up getting married and
0: so they get married and things start falling apart pretty pretty quickly he starts going on, you know, long business trips. Even while
1: unfold. she's pregnant, which I'm like, if it's back then, you're like, travel isn't, like, a short thing, okay? No. Like... He was gone
0: for long, so long stretches of time. Yeah, yeah. So she finds out she's pregnant, and then she starts hearing whispers that he's out with performers and prostitutes and spending money on american women and i think it's her her aunt that calls her her second younger aunt that's
1: like hey he freaking left you dude
0: yeah he's not coming back and so she gives herself an abortion and it's like i don't even want to think about how she did that and so she's kind of left guarded like she puts on a front she's now a tiger you know she's like I'm not going to let anyone ever take advantage of me like that again. Yeah, she's she's a ghost of a person,
1: like hovering over herself.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she starts working and this American guy keeps coming in and he starts to court her and she's like, "Eh." so she kind of like makes him prove like she's like he's giving me this stuff because he thinks he's going off his money, but I had better stuff growing up like cheap crap but she kind of lets herself be won over and that's when she says she gives up her spirit she's like I've let myself be caged this will give me the best chance but so the stories of her daughter you kind of see this come back in a play where she blames herself for not having any more chi and she says when she gave birth to her daughter that she didn't give her any spirit she had no spirit to give her daughter so her daughter is empty as well
1: yeah, because when her her husband was courting her she didn't have any feeling towards him like she yeah. didn't agree to marry him until like 4 years after they had met and even then she said she never really truly loved him it was just kind of like what else am i going to do i mean i'm sure she grew to love him but it was like all that was born out of kind of disinterest i guess like what else am i going to do it's like and then when
0: it flashes forward to the future and she kind of tells herself like, what am I going to tell my daughter? Like that I don't love her dad. Like, I can't say that. I can't do that to her. But so then it ties in. I think their stories definitely tie in a lot closer than the other mother-daughter stories mm-hmm. where this one definitely feels like more of a continuation of a story. Because mm-hmm. then we we jump to Lena's story and she mentions how when her father kind of got promoted. He moved them to San Francisco and her mother hated it there. He thought he was doing the right thing. He's like, I got us this nice house. Like, and it was, wasn't it like an apartment? It was kind of a crappy little apartment. Yeah,
1: And it was like on a super steep hill. And so Yingying's like, this shit's unbalanced as fuck. Like, what are we doing here?
0: And she's like terrified of everybody in the city. She's terrified of the homeless people. So she's always like warning her daughter of everything that can go wrong. Like someone could kidnap you, someone can murder you, someone so, could kill
1: you. Her reasons for why her daughter shouldn't do stuff is like too much. Like, yeah. like what is it? Uh, Lena tried to go into the basement and then her mom found her. He's like, she's like, a man lives down there and he's gonna like put six babies in you and then he's gonna eat you and all five of them. So you don't need to go down there. And it's like, yeah. could you not? Or <laughs> then, like yeah Zero you need to watch people. out because someone's going to kidnap you and sell you for sex why does it all got to go there
0: and so her mother kind of instilled like this huge amount of fear in her so they're living in this apartment and lena's first story is called the voice from the wall and she hears his family next door and it's just screaming so she's like, oh my gosh, there's, there's a little girl over there who's my age and her parents are beating her and they're horrible. And everyone outside of this apartment is evil. And one day the girl comes over from next door and she's like, Hey, I need to, I need to climb through your fire escape. She's like, my mother threw me out because I was being annoying. So when she goes to look out in the hallway, I'm not going to be there. I'm going to creep back from your fire escape back into my bedroom. And then She's like, oh, okay, have fun with that. And then she hears next door when the girl sneaks back into her room, her mom comes. And then the mom is like, oh, my god, you scared me, you crazy child. And they're like, ha ha ha, I love you, though. Like, it's loud expressions of love. And she's like, it kind of then opened her eyes to like, not
1: everything is evil. Not everything is this destruction. Yeah, well, in the beginning of that portion of the book, her mom was talking about like um, like some sort of torture of like a guy dying from like a million like cuts on his body or whatever. And so Lena's like, okay, so like, what did they do? Did they like cut off his arm? Like, how did they cut him? Like, how fast did he bleed? Like what? And her her mom's like, well, why do you want to know that? Like, that's gross. <laughs> and Lena to herself, she's like, I want to know about the worst that can happen so that yeah. I can be prepared. And I totally get that. You're thinking about the worst. And so she's hearing all these voices and she's like, someone's dying. Like, I need to prepare myself for the worst so that I I can move on.
0: She can't see the good in anything because her mom has set her up to be afraid of everything. And it comes from her mom wanting to protect her, protect herself. And it's just this horrible way of doing it. And then the mom finds out she's pregnant again. And she starts telling her daughter in chinese that she's having all these bad dreams that the home is unbalanced that it's just bad like everything is bad and so um lena's dad is like oh can you translate because lena's dad can't speak chinese and she kind of gives her dad like the watered down version of everything so that's another like point in their story where you realize that um Yingying and her husband don't understand each other. He doesn't understand anything about her. Yeah, he's I like, mean, he, he, he cares about her, but he doesn't try to
1: understand her. Yeah, like she'll be, you know, feeling some type of way. And he's like, oh, I think she's telling us that she wants to go to bed. I think she's telling us that she wants, she, she, she really enjoys the food. And it's kind of like, this is a fun game and all, but you really don't know what your wife is thinking about. You don't know how she feels. Yeah, and so
0: it comes then, so Lena's now older. She's married to freaking Harold. Freaking Harold. First off, Harold. You married a guy named Harold. No offense to the Harold's out there. I hope you go by the name Harry. Harold. And let me tell you, in the movie, he looks like a freaking Harold. You just wanna punch him in the freaking Harold's face. So Harold and her get married he makes a heck of a lot more money than she does because I think she's like his secretary.
1: No, she's an associate. He's like a partner and she's an associate.
0: And so he makes a lot more money, but they have this marriage where everything has to be even, but it's that fake kind of even. Well,
1: the thing is she started it like that when they were dating. They would split meals. And this is before they were dating, just like business stuff. They would split stuff. They would split their dinners. They would split everything. And so- Harold's like, wow, I've never met a girl that was together like you. And so Lena thinks this is a compliment. And Harold. Yeah. And Harold's like, this is how it's going to be then. So. And so
0: even when they go out to dinner, he orders a steak, she orders a salad. And he's like, well, we split it 50 50 because that's even, because that's what you wanted. You wanted it to be equal. I'm just like, I'm going to punch this dude in the face. Well, also, like,
1: he, he's like, you know, towards like, you know, getting further into that that story, he decides to leave the place that he's at to start his own, you know, own business. Practice, and Lena's you know? Lena's there supporting him and giving him all these ideas for what he should do and da-da-da. And so Lena's going through the list of all the things that she's helped him do. And she's like, that was my idea. That was my idea. That was my idea. That was my idea. And I'm he's making seven times more than me what the fuck and i get no credit for
0: basically running his entire business and you know
1: what's worse i've been in a situation where you let things slide for so long the minute you try to like write that wrong the other person's like well it was you were fine with it before like you let it happen i'm just doing what you asked and then it's just throwing it in your face that you were being stupid
0: and they have the most annoying grocery list where it's like she has to basically pay for almost everything and he only has to pay for what he wants but he's like but no those are things you want so of course we're gonna split it even though it's like ice cream is on the list and she can't eat ice cream
1: then also it's it's supposed to be like things that they both collectively need to be split down the middle and he's like well you know i don't want to add like tampons to the list because that's only your thing so that can't be counted and what's going to be cut even it's like well fuck you dude
0: i just and so her mom ends up coming to stay with them and her mom sees straight away she's like i gave my daughter no spirit I can see it. She's dead on the inside and I did that. And so she makes this plan in her head. She's like, I'm going to fix this. This is another one that in the movie, it had a bit more of a satisfying ending, but in the book, it kind of doesn't. Yeah. So her mom is staying in this guest room and there's like this wobbly table with a vase on it. Mm -hmm. And her mom is like, I'm going to break that vase. And then my daughter's going to come up here and
1: I'm going to talk to her. Yeah, well, also it's a freaking table that her husband made in like college. That's a piece of shit. And then Lena's like showing her mom the room, like, okay, here's your guest room. Like, don't put anything on the table because it's gonna fall over. And her mom's like, why the fuck do you have a table that can't hold anything then? What is it here for if it's not for its intended purpose? So that's when she was like, okay, well, this is a good excuse to break this vase then.
0: So her mom breaks the vase, she goes upstairs. And I love this line where she says to her mom, she says, it doesn't matter. I knew it would happen. And the mom says, then why don't you stop it? Yeah, like, why don't you stop it? Like, you're in this unhappy marriage. You're in this unhappy life. You have all the power to stop this. Why don't you? And that that's kind of how the story ends. So I guess the inference, hopefully, is that they fix it. In the movie, they do. Like, they show her kind of gaining her independence
1: and well, didn't making. Um... And, and it's Waverly's, been a while since I've seen the movie, but something in, happens. In Waverly's story, didn't her mom wasn't her mom pregnant with another baby and she lost it? I don't remember a Waverly's. I think that's what it was, not Waverly. Um, Lena, Yingying, her mom was pregnant with another baby, but she lost it, and then her mom was like super yes. depressed, and so yeah. that kind of just going back tied in the fact that like her mom basically like the worst thing happened she told herself that things were unbalanced everything in the house was weird and then the worst thing happened her baby was dead and And so
0: she doesn't want that to happen to her daughter yeah she doesn't want her daughter's life to be unbalanced and she kind of mentions it too when she's going through her daughter's house she's like everything slanted like everything's weird the house is very cold because it was everything Harold wanted yeah because
1: Harold made more money he got to have decisions on what was going to go in the house he got to decide where they went on vacation because he made more money like just stupid
0: shit hated Harold and so those are those are the stories of everyone and then It kind of comes to like the end. So our one of our last stories is um, best quality. This is before a pair of tickets, the very, very end. Mm -hmm. This is one more of June's story where you really see the competition between Waverly and June. And it's one of those parts where you do, you're like, oh, you just want to punch Waverly in the face. So um June's mom, while she was still alive, threw a dinner and she was gonna make 11 crabs, 10 crabs, one extra. So she bought the crabs. One of the crabs though, its leg broke off. And so she wasn't gonna buy it, but the shopkeeper was like, no, you have to buy it. Like you broke the crab, you're gonna buy the crab. So the mom makes these 11 crabs, but then Waverly takes the best crab and gives it to her daughter.
1: Well also her mom assumed Leon that didn't her, plan for that yeah her daughter was going to have a crab because she's like not an adult. Yeah.
0: So um Waverly's daughter gets the best crab and then Waverly picks out the next best crabs for her and Rich. Rich is
1: here. Mm-hmm.
0: Still a smug, he's smug in that story too. It's yeah. kind of like I hate all your partners that you guys
1: choose. Yeah, like you guys are <laughs> laughing conspiratorially about like Oh, eating crab brains it's like you're marrying into a Chinese family have some fucking respect but Waverly plays along with him she's like yeah look at my wacky family yeah oh my god freaking brains and
0: then Lindo picks the next best crab so basically everybody gets really good crab and then June goes to take she doesn't want her mom to get stuck with the crab missing a leg so she goes to take that one and her mom goes what the hell are you doing take take the good crab And so her mom takes one with the broken leg and then they're sitting at dinner and june kind of calls waverly out because june got hired for waverly's company to make them like an ad and she was like oh you guys can't seem to pay on time for such a big company you're so important you can't pay your people and waverly is like that's because your work sucked And it was like, really awkward. And then everybody kind of jumps in. And June's mom is like, Oh, yeah, she wasn't born with talent. Guess you got to be
1: born with it. And And then then it's actually Waverly's parents that are just like, well, I mean, you probably didn't give her enough time to do anything with it. Like you didn't give her enough time to like get it right. So maybe you should give her another try, blah, blah, blah. And then Waverly's like, it's unprofessional, blah, blah, blah.
0: And then June was just like, I finally thought I had won over on Waverly, and freaking Waverly. That comes back to like her chess background, where it's like she hides that last winning move, and then just decks
1: her, and she's like, <laughs> but also literally- like, why not have this conversation with me beforehand? Why, like, if you weren't gonna pay me, tell me why instead of me thinking mean things about you. Because she brings it up and. She was like,
0: well, I tried to call you Waverly, but you don't answer. Yeah, like, so we can now do I'm forced lunch. to confront
1: you. Yeah, like, what the fuck? And so then it cuts
0: to Suyan and June in the kitchen. Mom basically tells her, like, I've always kind of believed in you, and I think you're smart, and I think you're amazing. You just got to try. And look at you. You pick, you pick the worst crab because you think that's what you deserve, and you don't. And so again, it shows that like miscommunication of like her mother was never saying these things to be mean to her. She was trying to encourage her but they didn't understand each other.
1: Yeah. And again,
0: it just makes you kind of angry at Waverly. Also, <laughs>
1: it just sucks that like she's realizing all this stuff now and her mom's gone. Yeah. She can't have this whole like, oh mom, you weren't a vindictive bitch. She doesn't have that moment. And so the book, finally
0: ends with june's mom's friends you know all the mothers whose stories we've discussed and they tell her that your sisters the babies that your mom abandoned that she told you about they're alive and they grew up and your mother was going to go meet them but she passed away and i cry every time I get to the ending of this book I'm just like her mother was so close to seeing her children again
1: well also the fact that like she had been writing letters to friends over there for Searching. years trying to find her twin babies and she wrote a schoolmate and the schoolmates like how the fuck am I gonna find these people everything's different over here da, 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 da. like all these excuses and then of course when her mom dies the schoolmates like when you ya- what do you think about it? I found these bitches in the mall.
0: And, yeah, and,
1: yeah. and so their story is
0: that uh, Suyan left the babies on the side of the road, but she sewed money into their clothing so that whoever would take them would have the money to take care of them. And she also left a photo and said, "You know, I'm gonna try to come back for my children basically. Well, a couple did end up adopting the little girls and they did try to look for Suyan. They tried to find their parents again. But with the war, then Suya ended up immigrating and you know they never found them. But you kind of learned that they had a pretty decent life. They they grew up okay, which kind of gives you like that moment of she did what she had to do. And luckily it did pay off for her children.
1: Yeah, and luckily these people were very honest with them too. They're like, well, these are your parents. And yeah. the daughters were able to appreciate them as their birth parents, but also love the people that are, are raising them.
0: Yeah, and so June goes with her father. They travel to China and it's really sweet because her father gets to meet all his family again. And it's like a reunion she's feeling kind of like an outsider, you know, because she didn't grow up in China. Um, and then, but it ends with her meeting her sisters and they're like, oh, little sister, little sister.
1: And it's like, okay. Yeah. And I'm like, going to go cry out. Yeah. She sees her mom and and her sisters. What I thought was really kind of sad though, was like his, her dad was talking to his aunt about, his wife and the situation and what they were gonna do to meet you know, her babies. And the aunt was asking all these questions and it was like stuff that June had never heard. And so then her father kind of filled her in for the, like the stuff that had happened afterwards because when they first got together, she had gone back to the place that she lived and she saw that it was totally demolished. And she's like, yeah. okay, well I told them to come here. No one's here, everyone's dead. And so she kind of lost hope. Her dad didn't even know that she was reaching out, trying to find her babies. And I just thought that was like super sad because then she was like, you know, I think we need to go to China before it's too late. And the dad's like, it's already too late. Like we're old. Like, what do you expect? And he didn't realize that she was trying to come back to find her babies. And he's like, I think that's what killed her. She ended up dying from an aneurysm. And he's like, I think that built in her head too much that it ended up exploding because she wasn't able to to get the closure that she wanted. It's like, and now she never will. Yeah. And
0: so that's the ending. So this is, that is the Joy Luck Club. It's all these little snapshots.
1: Not a lot of freaking joy.
0: (laughs) That's the point though. You got to find the joy. A lot of luck though. Yeah. And... I, I love this book, it, it's a pretty easy read. It's not very complicated in terms of like comprehension or anything like that, but it will emotionally destroy you for a little bit. Like right off the bat, you get the story of Suyan having to abandon her children. So that just right right in the beginning, you're emotionally depressed.
1: And then you kind of feel for these women because not only did they deal with all of these horrible hardships, They're having to deal with daughters that have literally no
0: idea
1: like the fraction of what they've gone through to get to where they are like i just think i'm just so glad that i don't have to feel that way my mom didn't face hardships traveling from a war-torn country you know so she can't look at me and be like you're ungrateful but that's that's a lot of pressure to live up to
0: And it does make you reflect in more of like a simple way of realizing that your own parents have their own stories, that I think that's what a lot of children do is you look at your parents and it's like, they're my parents, you know, but they went through their own hardships and their own lives and you as their children are only going to know a fraction of what they lived
1: through. But also it's like if they want to share personal hardships too you know what i mean that's another thing it's like you you don't even know what you don't know so you don't even know if you're insulting them in some way or shaming them in some way because they haven't told you this tidbit of their life and that's kind of scary too
0: it's it, it makes you really emotional and it makes you reflect on your own relationships with your own parents and kind of you I like this book because you can look at the mother's stories and then the daughter's stories and you see that overlapping connection of this is why they raised their daughters like this. The daughters don't know why, so they kind of lash out. But if they knew the real story, then I think they'd appreciate it more. But they kind of laugh off their mother's stories like, oh, our silly immigrant mothers, when it was like, we did this for you, but we still want you to appreciate where we came from.
1: Yeah. And it's just a really hard line to walk to for the daughters because they're in between their Chinese side and American side and nothing like both of those don't perfectly fit to, to yeah. solve their problems. Like one of the the daughters was talking to a friend. Oh, it was, uh, it was Waverly. She's like, the friend was like, oh, just tell your mom that you're getting married and blah, blah, blah. And Waverly's like, you don't understand what my mom's like. And it's just like, yeah that's really annoying to not be able to really confide in, in a friend who just really has no idea culturally what that's like.
0: Yeah. She was like, you know, if your mom starts insulting you, just tell her to shut up. And she was like, I'm sorry. Do you want me to die? Yeah. Do you
1: want (laughs) me to get murdered? Or, um, what was it? Rose, when she was talking about, the divorce from her husband, she was getting like advice from her American friends and Chinese friends and everybody was saying different things. And it's kind of like, I don't even know what to believe right now. I don't yeah. know how to feel about this.
0: So it's a, it's a very strong book. And I will say the movie is pretty close. So if you have the chance, if you're not big into reading books, then definitely check out the movie. There are a few differences. Um, one of the big ones that stand out to me, movie to book, was looking through my notes here to remember whose story it was. Yeah, um, Yingying in the movie, her story with her husband is actually quite different where she has sex with him before they get married so she's kind of like forced to marry him. Mm. And then he starts like cheating on her, but like in front of her. So she bears a son. So in the, in the movie, she has a son and he would like bring prostitutes home and basically call her a whore. He's like, you're no better than the prostitute I brought home. Like I only have you because I have a son now. So in the movie, Ying takes her son and drowns him. And so her story is actually a little bit sadder in the movie.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, it's kind of the same principle. Like, she didn't want this son to live because she didn't want an extension of this guy to be existing.
0: Well, in the movie, she wanted her son, but she didn't want her husband to use her son to turn her son against her. Yeah. And so she knew that the only way to get her husband to like to to make him feel as low as she felt was to drown their son to kill their son but it was almost like a psychosis that took over in the movie where she drowns him and as soon as the um, little baby's dead she immediately regrets it and that's what kills her soul in the movie Mm -hmm. so that was that was a pretty that was a pretty rough section of the film it's a little bit more easier to read than it
1: is to watch. <laughs> yeah. I mean it's still a little baby. Pretty sad, but I mean, in the end, you know, she did what she had to do, what yeah. she felt like she needed to do.
0: The result is ultimately the same. But um yeah, so it's a little bit different in the movie. Some of the stories get more of a definite ending. I think some stories are missing too. I don't really remember. But um the movie's really good, the book's really good. It is definitely ten heartbreaks out of ten heartbreaks.
1: Yeah, if you want to like read a book and then like learn how to appreciate your mom, this is the book to read. Is
0: it? Do it. You'll yeah. appreciate even just your parents in general. You'll yeah. appreciate
1: them. Yeah, I. Yeah, I feel very fortunate that I'm not first gen. Like them i didn't have to deal with that pressure of like you have to be this you have to be that just like shoving things down my throat to see what i can achieve i I didn't have to deal with that yeah so
0: it was definitely a very good book um so yeah that was the joy luck club by amy tan thanks for tuning in this was the novel idea you can go to novelideapodcast.com that is our website it also links to all our social media and our email hit us up with questions comments any sort of thing like that again novelideapodcast.com leads to the social media if you're into that sort of thing yeah um and
1: our next book is going to be Bridget Jones's Diary um, yes. for, for January uh,
0: I definitely think with that one it'll be fun to dive into
1: I've only ever watched the movie, so I'm excited to
0: see the differences. I'm just like,
1: is it like even more embarrassing? (laughs) Because the movie is awkward.
0: Anyway, we'll definitely dive way into that in our next podcast. So thank you for tuning in. Have a good holiday season.
1: Yeah, happy new year. You know, we're recording this before Christmas, so that'll all have passed by the time. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. (laughs) Hope it's not shitty. <laughs> Positivity. Yeah. All right.
0: Bye. Bye. Bye.